With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramang. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One. I'm your host, Mark Daly, and welcome back to the show this week. And yes, we have another Grand Prix to look forward to this weekend, three weeks in a row. And honestly, I could get used to this. I, I really loved it a couple of years ago when we had the, the triple header. What was it? Uh, France, England, Germany, something like that. Absolutely outstanding, and despite everything that's going on out there, it is uh, definitely nice to have something a little bit uh, different uh, to look forward to uh, each and every week. So here we go again, Hungarian Grand Prix following in the st- footsteps of the uh, doubleheader at the, uh, the the Red Bull Ring that's uh, gone on the past uh, two weekends. And I know that uh, we're still just a couple of weeks into this uh, new Formula One season, 2020 World Championship, but for my money, I, I think it's actually worked. Uh, I know it's obviously under very bizarre bizarre and strange and difficult circumstances but it uh, it, it works it's uh, it's been okay it uh, definitely looks very very strange to see a track uh, devoid of fans and uh, not very many people walking around the paddock and uh, hopefully we can uh, keep this going over the, the the coming weeks and months and it uh, certainly like i say with all the dark things going on around the world it certainly has uh, nice to have something uh, positive uh, to look forward to on the weekends at any rate and uh, like i say can't wait to get going and uh, well, talking about getting going, let's just jump right into it. There's a lot of um, uh, news in Formula One to talk about this week. And as we sit here in the studio tonight, uh, we're still just uh, only three hours away from FP1 at the Hungarian Grand Prix. I, I, I'm getting used to saying that each and every week. This <laughs> is becoming a bit of a thing. Anyways, like I say, there are lots of stuff to talk about. And we're going to talk, first of all, about uh, Mercedes and Valtteri Bottas have reportedly agreed to a new deal. This was uh, broken by Motorsport.com, and that was uh, revealed to them earlier this uh, week. And, well, it is not um, completely signed off, and it hasn't uh, been uh, made official by either uh, Bottas or Mercedes. But apparently, both the team and the driver have agreed to the terms of their uh, partnership to carry on at least into next year. And, well, are we going to see a multi-year deal for Valtteri Bottas or just another one-year deal that uh, has basically been his uh, whole existence at Mercedes over the past uh, several years? But uh, certainly he's had a, a pretty strong start to, to the season and uh, currently leading the World Championship, but a long way to go and, well, maybe a long way to go. I mean, uh, definitely not going to be uh, 22 races this year, uh, obviously, but uh, hopefully we get to about 12 or 15 if that's uh, the the way that the season's going to go in this strange COVID reality we're living in. Anyways, just a, a bit of a refresher. Like I was saying, uh, uh, Valtteri Bottas leading the world championship at the moment, 43 points. He's ahead of his uh, teammate, Lewis Hamilton, with 37 points. Lando Norris, the McLaren driver, 26 points. Charles Leclerc, 18 points. And Sergio Perez. 16 points uh, to start off the the, the the season. But yeah, we'll see uh, if this uh, becomes uh, a, an, an official announcement from uh, Mercedes and, and Valtteri Bottas. But I think it was interesting. Uh, the, the one thing that that really, I think, adds a little bit of weight to this is that um, a couple of weeks ago, I think... Um, well, maybe a month or so ago now, when there were some reports uh, that uh, that there there might be a bit of interest from Mercedes and uh, you know with uh, Sebastian Vettel for next year, uh, Valtteri Bottas uh, was uh, pretty quick to say that uh, that wasn't the case, and uh, he didn't really uh, say uh, much more than that. I mean, he's uh, not really the most uh, forthcoming uh, fellow. I mean. Well, I mean, he's talkative enough, but not uh, overly so. And uh, it uh, appears that, well, maybe he was hinting at something going on. And certainly, I mean, he has done a very good job for Mercedes over the past uh, couple of years uh, since he joined the team after the 2016, uh, 2016 season and uh, Nico Rosberg retiring that uh, that year. But still, you know, it uh, it it is... Uh 
It's different. It really is different in this era of Mercedes compared to what it was uh, before with uh, Nico Rosberg. Uh, Valtteri Bottas, obviously, a much uh, a better influence, I guess, in the uh, in the team, uh, especially from the point of view that uh, that he's not uh, bashing heads with uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, on and off the track, and uh, he certainly has done a lot uh, to help them win races and score lots of points and uh, help uh, keep this uh, very impressive run of consecutive uh, World Championship. Uh, uh, for for the team going in the constructors and obviously Lewis Hamilton uh, keeping the the drivers championships uh, going on their side. So, anyways, um, apparently um, Mercedes CEO uh, Ola Kalinos uh, said a couple of uh, uh, days ago he's uh, apparently given the his blessing to the deal after a, a visit uh, at the Austrian Grand Prix, and, um, and he sort of hinted at an unchanged uh, lineup uh, for next season. He said, "quote We'll stay with our two boys." End quote. So there you go. We'll wait and see whether or not uh, that becomes uh, an, an official announcement. And it makes a lot of sense uh, to continue with the uh, Valtteri Bottas. Now, the interesting rumor that uh, that is uh, out there this week is apparently Sebastian Vettel is in discussion to join the new Aston Martin Formula One team for 2021. And of course, that is going to be the rebranded Racing Point, which is the rebranded uh, Force India. And certainly that is a very interesting, I find it a very intriguing situation and kind of leads to all sorts of different uh, scenarios as to who might be there, who might not be uh, there uh, next week. And apparently this uh, was... Uh, an article that came out uh, this week in uh, Germany's Bilt's uh, newspaper. And uh, they're usually uh, up to speed on uh, on what Vettel's doing. And uh, they were pointing to the, that a new contract or a contract uh, between um, Seb Vettel and uh, Aston Martin could actually be uh, announced and be agreed upon uh, very soon. And apparently, well, I mean, we know that they have a, a multi-year deal with uh, Sergio Perez, who's uh, been there for a very long time and has uh, done an excellent job, I think, uh, uh, being uh, the guy at uh, Force India and Racing Point over the past uh, several years who brings a lot of sponsorship uh, money. And then you have uh, Lawrence Stroll's son, Lance, who's been in uh, Formula One for, um, uh, he's been there for a couple of years in, in the sport as well. I mean, he's been at Racing Point after uh, uh, starting off in Formula One in uh, with Williams, but apparently the the rumor is that Lance is uh, going to get a long-term deal with uh, Aston Martin. So it kind of really makes you wonder what's going to happen there. I mean, uh, Sergio Perez, uh, like I say, I mean, he's uh, really done a lot uh, for that team over the years, brings all that uh, sponsorship money from Mexico. But it, you have to think that uh, Sebastian Vettel being on the driver's market has to be a very attractive option for a team like uh, Aston Martin. They, they've got stability. They've got financing. Uh, they're they're coming into the sport to, to do something. I mean, Lawrence Stroll has invested a lot of money in this team and also in the parent car company off the track. And uh, th- this is a team that, uh, well, I mean, all they really need now is a name. I mean, regardless if uh, Sergio Perez has done a good job for the team or not over the years not really going to be the guy that's really going to get a lot of people excited compared to a guy like uh, Sebastian Vettel. Neither is Lance Stroll. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, as long as Lance is in the team that is run by his dad, there's always going to be a lot of speculation as to and commentary about why he's there and whether or not he deserves to be there. And that's just natural. And that's, uh, that's just going to happen. Anyways, I, I think that it is, uh, like I say, very, very interesting uh, a prospect uh, to to have Sebastian Vettel's uh, name thrown into the ring because I think he really needs a change of uh, scenery uh, from Ferrari. I mean, it, it clearly has not worked out in the past uh, year or so. And uh, when, when you hear what's going on or the, the stuff that's uh, been uh, coming out in the past uh, two to three weeks, some of the things that uh, Vettel's dropped uh, here and there, that the mutual parting of ways between the two uh, parties uh, earlier this uh, the, this year, not quite so as mutual as uh, perhaps we were led to believe uh, initially that after all this stuff had been going on with uh, with COVID and everything going on that they decided that uh, that they had different goals and different things and uh, they decided to part ways but uh, Vettel has pretty much quashed those comments over the past uh, week or two and that it was a uh, very much a call out of the blue because you go back a couple, a couple of months now back into the spring that the, the, the rumor or the talk on the street at that point was that Sebastian Vettel was literally not all that far away from signing a, a, another contract with uh, Ferrari so it was really kind of 
of surprising. And obviously that triggered off a, a couple of things. Obviously, Carlos Sainz leaving Renault to, or sorry, leaving a McLaren to go to Ferrari next year. And then um, uh, Danny Ricardo leaving McLaren to go, sorry, <laughs> leaving Renault to go to McLaren. I'm getting all mixed up here. So certainly it's uh, it's triggered off an interesting um, situation. And it, you know, there was a couple of interesting uh, destinations and possible uh, places uh, for Sebastian Vettel to go. And one by one, they rapidly disappeared. And I, you know, honestly, I think that uh, Mercedes always would have been a little bit of a, a long shot. Obviously, I don't think that it would be an issue to, to pay Sebastian Vettel what, uh, what what he's worth. However, I, I don't know if that would be a direction that they would really want to go in. And there was some talk last week that uh, Vettel would be open to going to a return to Red Bull, obviously a team that uh, that he has uh, ties with and won four world championships there, got his start in Formula One through the Red Bull system. And, you know, I mean, he did some amazing things there. And of course, when uh, you get that opportunity to go to a big uh, team like uh, Ferrari, I mean, who's not going to take that, uh, that, that, that opportunity? I mean, uh, let's just ask uh, Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. Anyways, I mean, when you look now at uh, the, the, the way that Ferrari has struggled over the last year or so, and it is not looking good for this year. I mean, you look how much that they are off the pace and qualifying in the races and you look at how the the, the pink Mercedes, the racing part uh, RP20 has done so well over the past couple of years that honestly, I think if you're Sebastian Vettel, you might see that as a very attractive option. And I wouldn't be surprised if you asked him uh, off the record, maybe somewhat, uh, you know, sneakily, Seb, uh, how would you fancy, uh, you know, driving that RP20? I, I suspect that uh, <laughs> that might be something that he might find uh, quite appealing at the at the moment. So time will tell, but uh, I, I think that is definitely a situation uh, worth watching. And I think that uh, it could be a, a, an interesting move uh, for him. I mean, this is a team that's uh, going to grow. They're in it for the long term. And like I say, I mean, they, they've got, uh, they got financing, they got backing, they're going to grow off the track. And all they really need now is a big, uh, legit name on the track. Anyways, uh, the uh, team principal uh, up Mar Safnauer had to say uh, earlier this week, quote, it is flattering that everyone thinks a four-time world champion should come to our team, but maybe that's because the car is a bit quicker now. You're absolutely right. We have long contracts with both our drivers, so it would only be logical that we don't have space, end quote. Well, Every year we have a silly season when it comes to the the drivers market in Formula One, and uh, 2020 being what it is, maybe it's going to be sillier more than normal. I mean, we, we we've seen some drivers obviously get uh, locked down. The extension of uh, Charles Leclerc and uh, Max Verstappen to uh, long term deals at their respective teams. Lewis Hamilton still yet to confirm uh, a new kind of deal at Mercedes. One and just has to assume that is going to be uh, a, a question of when rather than if. Uh, Valtteri Bottas sounds like that's almost uh, wrapped up. Uh, the way that that's going. So, I mean, th- there really are some limited options. I mean, e- even uh, Christian Horner said uh, regarding uh, uh, Sebastian Vettel earlier this week that uh, he felt that he had a couple of uh, options uh, left to him. Could either be a uh, racing point or a year out and then uh, see this time next year what options are available to him because Renault looked like it might be one opportunity, but uh, what with uh, Fernando Alonso coming back and uh, signing a two-year deal with Renault for 2021 and 2022, that uh, obviously took that away. And like I say, I mean, that, that racing point, Aston Martin, that is a very interesting situation because this is a team that's always done more with less. And I, I'm really intrigued to see what they're going to do now that they they have like this real, uh, you know, legitimate uh, funding in places, uh, you know, the, the whole backing of Aston Martin. I mean, Lawrence Stroll has done uh, quite a good job, I think, to turn this team around because, I mean, it really looked like this uh, was a team that was fighting for uh, its last couple of uh, breaths. I mean, it was really looking like uh, they were in their death throes back in uh, 2018. And then, uh, you know, he, he stepped in and that everything with Amalia that was going on, it was just, uh, he, he just hung on to that until the, uh, the, the the bitter end. He probably should have let go sooner and let somebody else uh, step in. But uh, who's to say, you know, what, what we would all do if we were in a similar, a similar situation. So it's going to be, uh, you know, like I say, very interesting to watch to see how this uh, turns out. And especially, uh, apparently, you know, both of those drivers are under contract. But, you know, weird things uh, can and do often happen in, in, in Formula One. And even Sebastian Vettel has admitted that uh, he's had what he calls 
Bell's loose talks with Racing Points about uh, driving for them uh, next year. But uh, he also, on the, the the other hand, says that he doesn't feel like he's under a lot of uh, pressure to to make a decision about what he wants to do for 2021. Rather, you know, if he'd rather sit out for a year or if he'd like to to set or or sign a contract uh, with uh, Aston Martin. And uh, he had to say, quote, well, at this stage, I think it's talks. I said last week that obviously I've been in talks with Renault, for example. So I think it's also just talks. I think at a later stage with anyone, I think they would be a bit more concrete. But at this stage, the truth is that there's nothing to announce and nothing more concrete than just loose talks. So definitely a situation to to keep an eye on. And uh, like I say, we will have to see whether or not uh, this uh, bears any fruit over the coming weeks or months. And it might just be one of those situations. It just sort of peters out or perhaps not. Uh, Maybe there'll be a a big announcement, but uh, certainly a very fascinating situation to watch. Anyways, uh, time for a break here on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Well, welcome back to the show. So sticking with the uh, the Racing Points Force India Aston Martin angle that we were talking about uh, before the break, Sergio Perez uh, reveals that uh, a rival team has approached him. Uh, what with all the uh, rumors and uh, admissions by uh, Sebastian Vettel that he's uh, been in loose talks uh, with Racing Point about a possible uh, drive with them uh, next uh, year. Anyways, uh, on Thursday this week, uh, Sergio Perez, uh, he, he restated that he he has a contract in place next year, Racing Point, but uh, he said he was well, he was open to uh, being approached by another team uh, when uh, it was brought up uh, that uh, potentially uh, Sebastian Vettel could be uh, a possibility for a race seat uh, there next uh, next year. Anyways, Sergio had to say, "quote." In Formula One, you never know you're going to start the race if you're going to be racing. This is how things are. I know I've got a contract. During the week, obviously, the rumors came out, and we actually got contacted by a team in the the paddock. I won't say names, obviously, and also by other teams in categories, which was quite a surprise because we have a contract for next year here. At the moment, there are just rumors around. Nothing more to add from my side other than we've got a contract in place, end quote. So, yeah, there you go. I mean, it, it is interesting, though, uh, to, to see that, uh, that uh, Perez is, uh, you know, actually openly talking about it. I mean, what else is he going to do? I mean, uh, obviously, if uh, uh, Sebastian Vettel's name does come up as a, a possibility for the team that uh, obviously only has uh, two race seats uh, available and one of them is the son of the team owner, it really makes you wonder who's going to be the, the odd man out. I mean, uh, honestly, I, I think that uh, after watching uh, Sergio Perez uh, last week at the Styrian Grand Prix, I think he really was, uh, I, I, well, for a lot of people, I think he was the, uh, the, the driver of the day. He really was uh, was on a charge there it was unfortunate the way that uh, it kind of ended up uh, you know for him at the, the the end of the race but I mean he really showed that uh, I think he was a lot faster than his uh, teammate uh, Lance Stroll and it, it kind of makes you wonder what he could do in a car that uh, that, that was a little bit uh, better but certainly I mean they're throwing their weight around I think they've obviously uh, ruffled some feathers in the paddock this year what with the copy of the uh, the pink Mercedes as they're calling it the RP20 but uh, certainly uh, that uh, that clone that look-alike uh, that that borrows heavily on last year's Mercedes uh, W10 with the Mercedes power unit in the back certainly uh, works, and they they've demonstrated a lot of pace um, over the past uh, couple of races. And if you're Sergio Perez, I mean, what what else are you going to focus on? You you've got a contract, you know that uh, you're going to be there for next year. So you're going to just uh, be concentrating on the task at hand. If something comes up uh, with Sebastian Vettel and he uh, finds himself the uh, the odd man out. 
then he'll deal the, with that at that point in time. I mean, the, the way that things stand right now, I mean, Sergio Perez is the uh, is one of the guys at uh, at Racing Point, and uh, you know he's, he's going to be that guy until uh, something else happens. And it kind of does make you wonder, though, like what what some of those uh, other options might be. Could uh, could it be uh, uh, sorry, Alfa Romeo? Uh, that that's a possibility. I mean, uh, Kimi Raikkonen, he's uh, not going to be in Formula One for too much longer. Haas, that might be another possibility because uh well i mean you've got uh, two guys with uh, kevin magnuson and roman grosjean that team that that team needs something that that team i think needs something uh, a bit of uh, fresh uh, of uh, fresh air breathed into it because they've uh, really struggled over the past couple of years and they, they really need to get over the hump and start doing something and i i, I really question the, the the drivers that they have i, I think the magnuson is just like a guy that's going to go out there and and charge and and, and fight hard each and every race uh obviously he he tends to run uh, dr- or rub drivers the wrong way that he's uh too aggressive uh, at times and uh you know it's, uh, he's been accused a couple of times of being uh, downright dangerous in certain uh, situations and roman grosjean for for my liking i mean he's just too in- inconsistent and i think uh you know honestly i think fairly he's he's had i think he's had his shot in formula one i mean if it was going to happen now i think uh, it would have happened a long time ago and uh, I, I think that uh, you get a guy like uh, sergio perez i mean he's mexican he's bringing a lot of sponsorship money from uh, from mexico and i, I think uh, going to an american team makes a lot of sense obviously he's not an american driver but a lot of uh, mexicans and, and and people of uh, mexican ancestry living in the united states uh, i mean we, we see it uh, with, with in Major League Soccer, another sport that I cover and follow closely, that you have uh, lots of guys that play for the Mexican national team or played in Liga MX, and now they're playing for Major League Soccer clubs. And it really does, uh, I think, um, you know, bring a lot of interest uh, from, from Mexicans in the United States. And it kind of makes me wonder that uh, in absence of a, like a very good American Formula One driver, that uh, perhaps uh, Sergio Perez might be that guy. I mean, uh, again, he he brings a lot of sponsorship uh, money with uh, with him to the table, and Haas obviously has had some issues on that money front. So, I mean, he could be an attractive uh, option. I I did hear some uh, rumors here or there uh, this week that uh, that he's triggered an escape clause in his contract. Um, that the, this whole Vettel business is a lot further along uh, than is uh, than is publicly uh, being stated, and we don't know. I mean, the, the, these are just rumors. And um, you know, when, when talking to people I know in the business, it's kind of like, well, I heard from you know somebody who's in the know and all these really uh you know <laughs> unconfirmable uh, sources so <laughs> you got to obviously take it with a with a pinch of uh, salt uh, because it's a, it's very uh you know uh, speculative and uh, obviously not confirmed at all but still it it really is interesting uh to see what uh, some of those possibilities uh, could be and and for my money I mean those would really be the only two uh, options uh, for for Sergio Perez it would be either Haas or Alfa Romeo I can't really see him moving to a team like uh, Alpha Tauri or Toro Rosso, um, you know, there's slash Toro Rosso. I mean, obviously the, the, the same thing. I mean, that's more of a development team for the the, the, the Red Bull drivers. I mean, uh, for a guy like Perez, um, I mean, Red Bull doesn't really need the money. And so, I mean, I couldn't see like a, a big pile of sponsorship money being a, a huge uh well, let's say it wouldn't hurt, but I, I just don't see as much uh, synergy and, and, and common ground uh, between uh, Perez and a team like uh, AlphaTauri. So, I mean, this is going to be something until it's confirmed one way or another that Vettel is going to Aston Martin for next year or Sergio Perez is, uh, or Lance Stroll is uh, confirmed as uh, leaving Racing Point, leaving the door open for somebody else like Vettel, for example. That's just going to be a, a situation to watch and see how it evolves over the, the, the next uh, weeks and months uh, one way or another. Anyways, uh, it is um, certainly one to, to really uh, you know, watch because on the other side, uh, Roman Grosjean that I was just uh, talking about, he he openly admits now that his future with Haas F1 is what he calls uh, the elephant uh, in the room. And I must admit that uh, after last year that I was really surprised that uh, that Haas decided to stick with uh, Bagdasin and, and Grosjean again for, for this year. Uh, because, I mean, they had their, their incidents on the track and uh, obviously... Uh, 
um, you know, it wasn't a great season. The, the, the car wasn't good. The results weren't there. And there, there was not really a lot to, to be um, very positive about. Uh, anyways, uh, Grosjean had to say, quote, there are a lot of question marks here. Let's get rid of the elephant in the room. Is Haas going to be here next year or not? That's obviously the question. What are the other places available? Obviously, the market has got shaken up uh, quite quickly this year what, with the Ferrari announcement and the following things. So we'll see what the opportunities are. Personally, I'll see also what I'd like to do and what I feel like doing in the future, looking a a little bit, but also not rushing everything and seeing how things are going, end quote. Um, So again, kind of interesting. Uh, He's kind of... uh, his future is not so much uh, the, my takeaway from it. Reading uh, between the lines is maybe not so much uh, you know his performance at uh, at Haas, but uh, he's kind of rekindling that uh, that that conversation or that the, the speculation that maybe Haas is a team that's not going to be in uh, Formula One for for much longer because that, that that's been out there for a little while now, and every once in a while those uh, th- those embers kind of heat up a little bit, and that story kind of percolates uh, back up uh, through the, through the consciousness. I mean, Gunther Steiner and both Gene has both said uh, that uh, that they're in Formula One, that they're not going anywhere. But, you know, sometimes it does make you wonder that, uh, you know, that conversation is out there. And and to somebody in the know, uh, pass that along to, you know, some, somebody that, uh, you know, for lack of uh, a better word, somebody that's an influencer and uh, whether or not uh, they're, they're, they've, uh, you know, passed that along to, to kind of you know, get it out in the public realm. So, I, I, I'd have to admit uh, I'm sort of 50-50 as to whether or not they're going to uh, stick around in Formula One for, for the long term. But uh, certainly uh, Grosjean, uh, he uh, he did uh, go on uh, in this interview to, to say that, uh, that he doesn't know anything about uh, what's going on with the future of Haas F1 and whether or not they're going to stay in uh, Formula One. And uh, he said that he, uh, he believes that uh, a decision hasn't been made uh, either way and there, there's nothing further to, to be added to that conversation. So again watch this space but well you know what like i say where there's smoke there's fire Anyway, so George Russell, who had a very good qualifying at uh, the Styrian Grand Prix last weekend, um, and uh, unfortunately not quite so good uh, during the race, uh, what with having a, an off uh, early on in the the the, 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 the the Grand Prix, says it is clear he will be re- remaining at Williams in 2021 to see the final uh, year out of his uh, three-year contract, uh, and the team uh, doesn't want to let him go. And uh, I think that uh, he's done a pretty decent job in in Formula One and obviously you know driving for for Williams it hasn't been the greatest car over the past uh, couple of years and well time remains to you know we'll tell whether or not they've crawled out uh, from their their low point it's showing to be a bit of a better car but still it's sorely lacking pace uh, and yeah, the jury remains out on that one. Anyways, uh, uh, speaking in a press conference this week at the Hungarian Grand Prix, Russell had to say, quote, I will be staying at Williams for 2021. I want to build off last year and hopefully what this year turns out to be. Uh, anyways, he goes on to say when he was asked about uh, uh, whether he was uh, upset that uh, uh, his, uh, well, I mean, he's a Mercedes uh, driver, and uh, he was asked if he was disappointed whether or not uh, they would stick with their current drivers or Lewis Hamilton and uh, Valtteri Bottas. He said, quote, no, I'm not disappointed in uh, Mercedes at all. There's nothing more they could uh, do. Claire was very firm with her decision that she was not ready to let me go. And also, since I have a contract with Williams, I have to respect that decision. So I'm here. I'll be doing everything I can for Williams this year and next year. And let's see what holds after that. End quote. So, you know, I think that... uh, (laughs) He maybe hasn't, if you look at some of the guys that were rookies last year, I think that Lando uh, Norris uh, maybe got a little bit more attention because uh, he's in a team uh, McLaren that's uh, doing a little bit better and is a little bit further up the uh, the, the grid than uh, Williams and, and George Russell. And I don't want to discount the guy. I, I think that uh, that he's had his moments in a, in a difficult uh, situation. And I think uh, the, the qualifying situation at the Styrian Grand Prix last week was a, a prime example of that. Uh, a guy doing the best that he can in a car that's not the great and a team that doesn't have a lot of funding. And um, certainly there are a lot of uh, things uh, that they need to do to get back to some sort of a competitiveness. But anyways, uh, Claire Williams, who's the t- uh, team principal at uh, Williams, uh, says that uh, Russell's performance in qualifying last weekend represented what she called vindication and actually shows that Williams is making progress after what she called two very painful seasons. 
Well, I, I think uh, painful, very painful seasons is uh, maybe a bit of an understatement, but uh, sure, that, <laughs> I think that's uh, that's fine. Anyways, um, uh, Williams had to say, quote, we had a great time overall in Austria, and I think the team should be very proud of what we achieved. Georgia's qualifying was a real shot in the arm for everybody at Williams. The operations track side have done pretty well, with very few mistakes have been made, and that's an impressive achievement considering nobody's been track side for many months. Obviously, we leave without the result that we all would have liked. Unfortunately, the race pace of the Haas and the Alpha was a lot quicker than we modeled on Friday during the long runs. So that was disappointing for us, end quote. So, you know, I, I think that uh, you got to take the, uh, the, the the good news where you can get it when you're a team like uh, Williams who have struggled for far too long. And I mean, they, they really did fall off the, the edge and down into the abyss uh, very quickly. I mean, when you go back a, a couple of years, I mean, the, the reason why everybody knows who uh, Valtteri Bottas is, is because during his time with uh, with Williams, is that they were kind of a best of the rest uh, kind of team, sort of that that upper middle grid, you know, kind of, kind of uh, compare them to, say, where maybe a Renault or a McLaren is right now. I mean, it's not really all that uh, long ago when, uh, when Williams was in the same uh, situation. And it wasn't really until after uh, Bottas left and uh, they secured that new engine deal with uh, with uh, Mercedes and then also uh, getting uh, Patty Lowe to go there to to be their technical uh, director or chief of engineering whatever the job was and that really didn't uh, go very well and um, I mean they really did fall off uh, you know the the face of the earth literally in that uh, you know starting in and around that time frame of uh, 2017 and I mean uh, it it has been a real real uh, sobering and uh, and and a real wake up call for them because I mean 27 decent 2018 2019 just absolutely awful and uh, they are still a long way from uh, competitiveness but uh, if if they're doing everything that they can I mean if the car isn't great then I think you got to look for the for the positives and uh, obviously uh, Claire Williams was saying that uh, they they took a lot of uh, you know uh, motivation and pride and satisfaction about everything that they did at the track and uh, did trackside and sure I think that's good I mean you got to build uh, confidence and build motivation uh, wherever you can but ultimately they got to find a way to make the car faster make the car uh, better than what it is and uh, and and really pull their uh, their, their themselves out of the deep hole that they find themselves in. Anyways, uh, time for another break here on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. All right. Well, welcome back to the show. So we're well into it now, halfway through the show for tonight. We're really kind of crunching through everything and a lot still to talk about uh, in the next half an hour or so. Uh, the Racing Point um, controversy after last weekend's uh, Styrian Grand Prix, uh, in which uh, Renault lodged a protest, which was uh, accepted uh, by the stewards regarding the legality of uh, the, the, the brake ducts, uh, which uh, they're, they're saying that they're pretty much uh, identical to what uh, Mercedes uh, ran last year. Anyways, uh, Racing Point is uh, saying that uh, this is a, a poorly informed and misconceived uh, protest, and uh, they've uh, firmly rejected any uh, suggestion uh, or uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, any suggestion or uh, accusation, I guess is the word I'm looking for uh, when it comes to uh, cheating or any, anything like that or copying the the, the, the Mercedes. So anyways, uh, Christian Horner, team principal of uh, Red Bull, says all the teams should be worried about the the, the pace of the uh, the RP20 after the, the way that they really cut through the field uh, during the, the the Grand Prix last uh, weekend. Uh, Horner had to say, uh, quote, I think everybody would be wor- worried by the racing point. Uh, Perez was quicker than uh, the Mercedes at that point uh, during the race, bearing in mind that Valtteri Bottas was on tires that were within one lap of age of the to the racing point. Perez was three or four tenths quicker, so that it was very impressive pace that they showed. I think Alex uh, Albon drove in incredibly well to keep them behind, but if you look at Alex's pace on the tire versus Bottas, again, there was encouragement that we can take uh, from that in a car that wasn't carrying any damage. End quote. So, yeah, very interesting that uh, that that even uh, Christian Horner. Uh, you, you would think that uh, that that the, the the Red Bulls would be sort of that that group ahead of the the, the racing points, but they're really showing uh, you know that this is a, a very good car, at the and the concepts that they borrowed from last year's um, you know borrowed using that uh, term uh, obviously uh, in, in in inverted commas. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot that you can infer from that. Uh, uh, but but let's say that that they they have borrowed uh, 
or take an inspiration from the design of the W10. And uh, we're going to have to keep watching and seeing what this car can do, not only the, this weekend at the Hungarian Grand Prix, but a couple of weeks uh, from now at uh, the British Grand Prix and then to Spain and Belgium and, and then uh, so on and so forth to uh, whatever the season goes. Uh, the, the car is legit. I mean, uh, you, you can uh, say that now. I mean, they've had two very good races and it's going to be interesting to see how they, uh, they, they, they settle in and how they uh, can do from... Uh, from uh, here on on. Um, anyways, uh, sticking with uh, Red Bull now, uh, Christian Horner, uh, team principal, says that he was uh, he was actually quite baffled by the the, the problems that uh, Alex Albon had uh, pace wise, uh, dropping off over the longer stints uh, in what uh, he called a very disappointing uh, Styrian uh, Grand Prix. Anyways, uh, he had to say, quote, Alex had a race of two halves. I mean, the first half he was struggling, and then the second half I thought he drove well and his pace was good. We need to understand that with him and hopefully help him uh, get more comfortable with the car on the heavy uh, fuel because his pace in the second half of the race was strong. He fought very well with Sergio Perez, who was the fastest car in the circuit, and at that stage, three, four-tenths quicker than Valtteri Bottas, who had the freshest tires, end quote. And uh, Horner also has to say that uh, Red Bull has to be patient uh, with with Alex uh, Albon, uh, uh, and uh, obviously, I think uh, what with Albon and uh, Verstappen, they have uh, you know a fairly young uh, driver lineup. Uh, Verstappen, no real, uh, I-, I think, questions about him at this uh, the, at, at this point. I mean, he had uh, some issues uh, specifically with uh, you know, the the blocking and stuff like that a couple of years ago. But I mean, we- we've kind of watched Max grow up uh, before our eyes in real time to a certain degree. I mean, he was very young when he he got the the, the nod and got pushed up to uh, Red Bull a couple of years ago. And uh, I mean, what he's done uh, is absolutely fantastic. I mean, he's a, a race winner, and during that time, uh, I mean, he's 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 established himself as a guy to watch as a potential world champion uh, one of these days. Should he get a car uh, that uh, is capable of uh, challenging uh, the, the the Mercedes uh, week in and week out? Uh, and I, I guess the other thing is too that uh, that uh, that Red Bull is um, looking for a guy that will uh, complement uh, Max uh, Verstappen. Uh, they they had a guy like that a couple of years ago, and uh, Danny Ricardo, obviously that uh, you know that uh, relationship changed and he went off to uh, to, to Renault didn't work out with uh, Pierre Gasly but I think that Alex Albon has shown enough so far in his time with with, with Red Bull. Um, he, he only had half a year last year, not quite half a year if you uh, look at the remainder of the season that he got after the the, the summer break when uh, he switched uh, places with uh, with Gasly. But still, I, I think that he's shown a lot. And, and, and again, at the opening race of the year a couple of weeks ago for the Austrian Grand Prix, going you know wheel to wheel with Lewis Hamilton, uh, a guy that uh, has uh, almost uh, well we. we well, we can't say we've lost track of Lewis's world championships. They're not that many yet. I mean, it's certainly getting there. But I think that uh, what we saw from Alex Albon uh, was really impressive. And uh, he showed that even last year when uh, the two had it coming together at uh, at the Brazilian Grand Prix. But that's not necessarily the the, the whole reason I'm impressed with uh, Alex Albon. I think that he's shown a lot of potential. He's shown that, that he can be a very uh, quick driver. He's obviously shown uh, enough uh, that uh, that he deserves to be uh, in the Red Bull system, driving for for the big team rather than uh, Alpha Tauri. Um, but still, I mean, we have to remember that these guys are still pretty young and we have to remember that uh, it, you know, with, with you know, the youth that it, we have to maybe sit back and wait uh, for him to, to develop a, a little bit. I mean, guys like Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc, I mean, we don't see them very often. I mean, the, the, the pure raw talent and speed that that almost is uh, close to being a complete package as you can get. I think uh, Alex Albon, uh, a lot of raw talent, a lot of speed, but maybe not quite so polished as, say, uh, a Leclerc or Verstappen. And um, anyways, uh, Horner had to say the same thing when he was chatting with uh, Martin uh, Brundle. Uh, he said, quote, Alex is still very young. I mean, it's only his 11th race for us. And I think that the fact that he's racing Lewis Hamilton, I think that is a great thing. Lewis didn't expect to be racing him at that point. He's got added pressure of Max as being his teammate, and I think he's handling that incredibly well. He's a really bright lad. He thinks about his racing, and he's working it out, and I think we need to be patient with him, and he'll put a, we'll put an arm around his shoulder and make sure he feels he's got the support, which he absolutely has, end quote. And that is a huge piece of, of the puzzle for a young guy, for a young driver that's still trying to get get this all figured out and establish himself with his team in four 
Formula One. Well, I, I guess you could say he's, he's established to a certain extent, but I mean, he really needs to uh, really solidify and build a solid uh, foundation uh, for for his career in Formula One and also with uh, with, with Red Bull and uh, and move forward from there. And and having that uh, support of the team principal and the team around him in general is absolutely uh, crucial. Uh, anyways, uh, Valtteri Bottas said that uh, passing uh, Max Verstappen in the Red Bull last weekend at the Styrian Grand Prix was uh, what he said, quote, better than I expected. And, uh, that, well, that was a real surprise. I mean, it, it was... It was a bit disappointing that uh, that the Red Bull lacked so much uh, pace, uh, just could not keep up with the uh, the, the Mercedes uh, once uh, we got to, to Sunday. And you know, Max, I mean, you you could tell uh, pretty early on that uh, that he wasn't going to be able to stick uh, with, uh, with with Lewis Hamilton, and you know, he he, he was slowly uh, dropping back and. It just it looked that uh, you know if uh, unless something extremely unlikely like Lewis Hamilton having a mechanical problem, which you know we we've seen in Austria in the past couple of years, so I mean it, you know, I have to consider that a legitimate uh, thing to uh, consider. But uh, you know unless he had some sort of issue that uh, he was not going to be beaten flat out uh, on pace by uh, by by uh, Max Verstappen. But still, when it came to that uh, that portion uh, later in the race when uh, Max still had a bit of pace, but he had that problem with the broken uh, end plate on the right front uh, side of his uh, front wing, that um, that that was just slowing him down a little bit. And Valtteri Bottas, he was able to cl- close him up. It was interesting to see some of the different uh, projections that uh, he catch him in ten laps, and then on the last lap, and then uh, it turned out to, to be several laps uh, before the end of the race. But uh, I thought that if anybody could keep uh, Valtteri Bottas at, uh, at bay for a couple of laps, I think there was about five or six laps uh, left uh, in the Styrian Grand Prix when uh, Bottas came close to, to Max Verstappen. I thought if anybody can drive a bit of a wide car and keep uh, Valtteri Bottas at bay, then it would be uh, Max uh, Verstappen. But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't uh, the, the, the case. I mean, that uh, the, the first lap when uh, when Bottas was close enough to, to try and make a, a passing maneuver on Max, he really did an excellent job of uh, fighting him off, but uh, ultimately he just didn't ha- have the pace uh, to stay in front of uh, Bottas. Anyways, Valtteri had to say, quote, he's always going to make it hard. There's no doubt about that. I did enjoy the first time around. I thought I had it, but yeah, he definitely tried to do everything he could do to stay ahead. So he was on outside in turn three, which I kind of didn't expect. So that's why second time around, I tried to make sure that doesn't happen again. We were going through turn five and six side by side, but I realized in turn six uh, by the first time around that there's not going to be uh, space anymore for two cars. So I decided to back off and try again. But yes, as you said, I did have the momentum. I had tire advantage. So in the end, it was actually easier than what I thought it could be. Uh, if I would think about that uh, situation 10 to 15 laps earlier, I thought it, uh, it was going to be close and tricky. But in the end, I think his tires fell off, end quote. And then they absolutely did. I mean, Max was uh, saying over race radio and complaining uh, to the pits that uh, he had nothing left in his uh, rear tires. And uh, the, the the second time around, after uh, Valtteri was uh, behind him, after Max really did a lot to, to, to fight him off that uh, first time around, that uh, he was just, uh, yeah, he wasn't able to fight him off. And then, uh, you know, coming out of uh, turn three down to the back straight, by the time they got to turn four, uh, it was uh, pretty much a foregone conclusion that uh, that uh, Bottas uh, was going to get him. And that's exactly uh, what uh, what they did. Anyways, uh, you know, looking ahead to the race uh, this weekend at the Hungaro Ring, uh, Mercedes uh, say that they're absolutely uh, prepared uh, for a uh, Red Bull uh, comeback uh, this weekend. And uh, Total Wolf team principal of uh, Mercedes AMG F1 says that he's 100% convinced that uh, the low-speed uh, Hungarian uh, Grand Prix will really play to the strengths of the the, the, the Red Bull. Anyways, uh, Toto had to say, quote, I think we've lost uh, to Red Bull in the slow-speed corners, particularly turns three and four, seem to be our vulnerabilities. Everywhere else, the straights and in the fast corners, we are quicker. We just need to continue to develop and push and understand the car. Budapest is a totally different ball game. Lots of downforce, lots of these slow and medium-speed corners. We'll see how it works. End quote. And uh, yeah, I, you know, they, they do have a lot to, to do to to catch up to them. Uh, but um, Mercedes, uh, they've been pretty strong as uh, we we pretty much uh, expected them uh, to be. And uh, Red Bull, uh, they do admit uh, that Mercedes has uh, the the advantage, uh, pretty much uh, like Toto says, and uh, they they agree that uh, the the advantage of the W11 is in the straights and in the uh, the, the the faster corners. Uh, Christian Horner had to say, "quote uh, there's." 
speed. Their straight line speed is impressive. There's not much there in cornering speed. There are some corners where we are better. Somewhere we are not quite as good, but certainly on the this track, their straight line speed has been very impressive. So they've made a good step over the winter, end quote. So uh, yeah, the, the the low speed layout of the Hungaro ring, it uh, it it does make uh, overtaking uh, more difficult. But the thing is, when you've got a guy like Max Verstappen, and if he sees an opening, he's going to take that. And he, we, we've seen Max pass guys in places that uh, you would never expect. And uh, you know, if if the the, the Red Bull is uh, a lot better in these low uh, speed corners, to say the, the low to medium speed corners compared to the, the the faster ones in the straightaways, then that that might be something. But then again. You have a very long start-finish straight at the Hungaro Ring, and that obviously is going to play into the hands of uh, Mercedes, but that is only uh, one portion of the track. I mean, uh, that that is not even a, a quarter of a lap. I mean, it's a, it's a good portion of it, but, um, you know, those, those really tight, twisty corners could be really an advantage for the for the Red Bulls. So keep an eye on that on Sunday and during qualifying and see uh, you know, what, what we can see uh, where they can uh, gain any uh, potential uh, ad- ad- advantage. Um, anyways, um, just sticking uh, with the uh, Mercedes now, uh, Lewis Hamilton believes that the W11 is the best car Mercedes has built. And that is interesting, uh, considering that uh, they haven't had as much uh, time in the car this year as uh, as previous years. I mean, we lost a whole bunch of races. We lost, uh, you know, the drivers lost a whole bunch of uh, time in the cars. So it, it is interesting that uh, that Lewis uh, w- would make that uh, that that comment. But obviously, it has uh, made such an impression on him that, uh, that he feels uh, confident in, in making that uh, statement uh, after only a couple of races uh, in, in the year. Anyways, Lewis had to say, quote, firstly, I don't think there's ever been a car that I've driven that has been easy to get into working because the conditions are all always different. Corners are always different. There are corners that uh, it works well in and corners it doesn't. And that never uh, changes. There have been a couple of cars in the past that have been, I think uh, Total mentioned uh, one being a diva, which is not the, the word I particularly had used, but you know, it was a real handful the majority of the time. This one's more refined. We uh, worked really hard last year in really being clear and concise and picking out the issues uh, that there were with the 19 car and what we wanted to do moving forwards and that just continues to come from the great communication that we have as drivers with the team with the engineers the understanding that we have with the terminology we use and the team that really take it in and then we have implemented into that into the car today end quote yeah and i mean uh, last year's car the w11 was obviously a very very good car and uh, what with the, the the rules basically frozen between now and 2022 until the new uh, new regs come into effect they're basically going to perfect uh, what they can with what they have uh, over the next uh, year or so. So uh, interesting to hear Lewis's take and ominous of your arrival from Mercedes that the W11 is the best car that they've designed and built yet. Anyways, time for one final break here on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. All right. Well, welcome back to the show. So let's uh, talk about uh, a couple of uh, things uh, now and uh, just take a quick look at the race ahead. Uh, anyways, uh, Danny Ricardo wants uh, Lance Stroll's uh, move uh, from uh, last weekend's uh, Styrian Grand Prix discussed in the driver's uh, briefing ahead of the, the Hungarian Grand Prix. And uh, Ricardo is uh, still a little bit uh, upset about uh, the, the move that uh, Stroll made on him uh, late in the, the, the race at turn three, which uh, pushed uh, both of the drivers off the track. Uh, he was not penalized uh, for it, uh, but uh, anyways, uh, uh, Ricardo uh, said after the, uh, the the race last weekend that uh, Stroll's move was uh, desperate, and uh, uh, Stroll uh, was uh, defending himself, saying that uh, it was a racing incident, uh, that it was an opportunity, and even though it was a small one, that he decided to to, to go for it. Anyways, uh, Ricardo had to say, "I've never wanted to have the rules so tight uh, that it discourages us to race, so I don't want it to, that we're kind of uh, if we're driving on eggshells and uh, scared to pull the trigger." But of course, there's trying and also failing. Obviously, both of us went off the track. Me, because if I turn in, we crash. But he also brought himself off the track with it. <coughs> Excuse me. So he tried to move, which uh, he was uh, completely in his right to do so. I left room, which I guess I shouldn't have. But he obviously tried. And because we both went off, I see that as a failed attempt. So the position should have been given back for me. That was uh, pretty crystal clear. I think if he made the corner, he kind of squeezed me off. Uh, then I accept it. And that's uh, a move. But uh, to get both of us off, yeah, that's where it's like, I don't see how that works in any situations, I guess. But we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in the driver's briefing and see everyone's opinion and what they they say. I can't see any driver saying, yeah, that's 
a clean move. Uh, that's how it's going to work because it just never adds up like that, end quote. So uh, we'll follow that one, see if anything uh, comes from that. But certainly uh, it was not uh, a very clean and tidy uh, move uh, from uh, from Lance Stroll. Anyways, uh, for Ferrari fans, uh, don't uh, expect anything uh, major and exciting this weekend. Uh, Sebastian Vettel says that uh, the updated uh, car package is uh, no game changer, his exact words. He says that the, the team is still lacking uh, a good, uh, decent information on how good the car is. And uh, of course, what with uh, both cars going out uh, very early last uh, week in, in the race uh, because of the crash uh, between uh, Leclerc and, uh, and Vettel, which uh, knocked both of the cars out. They uh, have not been able to uh, evaluate uh, the uh, the upgrades that they put on the car, which they actually fast tracked uh, to get them on the car a week uh, earlier. They'd always planned to get them on the, uh, the the car for Hungary this weekend, and that was uh, basically nullified in in one uh, fell swoop. Anyways, uh, Seb had to say, "quote We know that the parts have worked. Uh, we would have liked them to uh, obviously be a game changer. It doesn't look at this stage uh, like that. But then again, we have to confirm them in real race conditions. So I think it will be interesting that we are." excited about seeing where the car will be tomorrow and then especially in the race end quote so a bit of a guarded um and a bit of a maybe even a negative uh, comment uh, from Sebastian Vettel. But uh, yeah, I mean, until we see the car in the race, uh, we don't know how that's uh, going to work out. Uh, and uh, it's really unfortunate uh, that, uh, you know, for Ferrari that uh, both cars were, you know, knocked out by their own hand uh, so early in the race. And uh, all that uh, extra hard work was uh, basically uh, for naught. Anyways, uh, Vettel did say that uh, himself and uh, Charles Leclerc are uh, mature enough uh, to uh, to move forward from the, uh, the accident that they had at uh, last weekend's uh, Grand Prix. And we talked about it uh, at the time in the race recap. I mean, Charles owned it. Uh, it was obviously, it was a bad move on his uh, behalf. He was never going to get uh, get through there. I mean, Sebastian was, uh, you know, sandwiched uh, between Charles and the car beside him. And then uh, Charles hitting the curb and then being thrown up into the air. That, uh, it just, it was it's just Ferrari. <laughs> just unfortunately, that seems to have been a, a real hallmark, uh, and and uh, you know, more. You know, it's very similar things that we've seen over the time that they seem to be their own worst enemies. It just the way that it manifests seems to be in, in different ways, and uh, that that is uh, unfortunate. Anyways, uh, Vettel had to say uh, when asked about uh, his relationship uh, that he has uh, with uh, Leclerc, and uh, specifically regarding the accident from last week, Seb had to say, "quote It's fine. I think we're both mature enough. We move on. Obviously." It's a bad weekend for both of us. It's been tough anyways. And now to retire both cars obviously is bitter. It was a difficult after last weekend. The mindset is I'm always optimistic. The good news is that we have uh, the race straight away next week. So I don't have to wait too long to get back in the car. Let's see. I hope that Hungary is a better place for us. End quote. So we will see. Uh, it, uh, it, it has not been a good year for Ferrari. And uh, really, I think that uh, they're going to have to take a good, long, hard look at um, the, the team under leadership of uh, Mattia Bonato. Uh, it uh, it has not been good. I mean, they, they were in a pretty decent uh, you know place under uh, Maurizio Arrivabene a couple of years ago. And then uh, they, they part ways. And then uh, Bonato is an engineer by by profession. Not that uh, that, that makes him uh, any, uh, you know, uh, you know, not suitable to be a, a team principal. Far from it. But I have questions about uh, his leadership and the way that uh, that he's running the team. And and certainly, uh, they've uh, slowly been going uh, backwards. And uh, there's been all this uh, speculation and all these uh, rumors and uh, accusations about uh, you know the, uh, the illegal uh, power unit that they had last year and the secret agreement uh, that they came up with the FIA not to reveal the terms of the investigation. I mean, the you know that uh, that old saying where there's smoke, there's fire. There's obviously see something uh, fishy going on and uh, I'm not really a fan of uh, that not being uh, disclosed uh, and, and made public uh, what that actually was but uh, there there's a rumor that uh, they did have to uh, significantly uh, redesign that uh, power unit or perhaps uh, build one almost uh, completely brand new to uh, to get away from these infractions that uh, they were found to have so uh, take it with that Anyway, so let, let's talk a little bit now. Look uh, ahead to the, uh, the 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 race ahead uh, for uh, this uh, the, this weekend. Uh, of course, it is the the Hungarian Grand Prix. Not one of my favorite uh, tracks, but it's been on the, uh, the the calendar for a long, long, long time. I mean, the the, the first uh, race there was uh, way back in uh, 1986, uh, and it was won back to back by uh, Nelson Piquet in 86 and 87, uh, and he was driving a Williams. Honda. 
Um, the will the the most winningest uh, manufacturer there is uh, Mercedes. They've won there twelve times. Uh, Renault has got eight wins there. Uh, pardon me. That no, those are for the uh, engine manufacturers. The uh, the most winningest uh, constructor is uh, McLaren, who's uh, won there eleven times over the years, uh, but uh, not since uh, twenty twelve. Uh, seven teams, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Williams and Ferrari have won there seven times. Uh, Mercedes have won there only four times, but they've won three times out of the last uh, four years. So uh, we will uh, wait and see how that uh, turns out. But when you look at the guy that's won there the most, that is number 44, Lewis Hamilton. He has won the Hungarian Grand Prix there seven times. 2007, 9, 2012, 13, 16, 18, and 19. Uh, I mean, if he wins it this year, I mean, that uh, would just be incredible to, to, to win it again. Uh, but certainly a, a track that uh, Lewis Hamilton has had some spectacular results there. Anyway, so the, the track itself is uh, 2.722 miles or 4.381 kilometers. Uh, it was uh, first held the Hungary Grand Prix way back in 1936. And then there was a long time before they uh, went to the Hungaro Ring in uh, 1986, uh, obviously. And uh, the first race was uh, actually won by Tazio Nuvolari for Alfa Romeo way back in 1936 at uh, Nepal So that was a, a long time ago. But anyways, in more recent times, uh, like I say, uh, it was uh, Lewis Hamilton that's uh, been the king there. Max Verstappen was on pole last year. His pole time was a 114.572. Uh, last year was Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, and uh, Sebastian Vettel, and uh, Max set the fastest lap of a 117.103. So again, uh, track uh, position, very much uh, important there, and uh, it's one of those things that uh, there are not very many opportunities to overtake on this track, so you know it counts where you you, you qualify, and also you don't want to lose uh, too much uh, ground on the uh, tracks, and uh, you know, we, we've seen over the years that uh, you can uh, get out front and drive a bit of a wide car and uh, not be able to um, you know <laughs> to, uh, to to let anybody else I mean Valtteri Bottas did it last year holding up uh, the Ferraris uh, long enough so that uh, they could not catch up uh, with uh, Lewis Hamilton and by the time uh, uh, Vettel and uh, Charles Leclerc got around uh, 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 Valtteri Bottas Lewis was uh, just uh, so far uh, ahead that uh, they, nobody could catch him at that, that point and then uh, Vettel obviously uh, ended up uh, third. I mean, uh, Max Verstappen, I mean, he was 18 seconds uh, behind him. And then uh, we've seen in previous years, we've had uh, uh, Sebastian Vettel uh, winning there, uh, of course, a couple of years ago. And uh, it's uh, very much the same thing that uh, if you stick, uh, you get out in front, uh, even if you have a car that you might be struggling with a, a little bit, uh, that it can be a very, very difficult, uh, you know, for, for somebody to, to, to catch up uh, with. Uh, so sorry, I'm looking at uh, Sebastian Vettel didn't win in uh, in, uh, in in 2018, it was uh, 2017, uh, and I think he had a problem with the steering uh, that 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 uh, that year. Um, anyways, it. Uh Oh, actually, I'm getting completely mixed up here. It was Valtteri Bottas that uh, that did that uh, real good job holding up the Ferraris in in, in 2018. Uh, last year, yeah, the Ferraris were kind of not really uh, anywhere, and, and Max Verstappen kind of had his own uh, little race, uh, and and Lewis just kind of uh, running off in, uh, into the distance. Anyways, I hope uh, we have a bit more of an exciting race uh, the, this weekend. Like I say, Hungarian Grand Prix, never typically a, a super exciting race, but, you know, <laughs> just considering the fact that we have uh, Formula One at... Uh, at the moment, uh, let's not complain uh, too loudly. Anyways, uh, before we go, let's uh, just, um, I just want to touch on one more thing. Uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, says he wants uh, to be more creative or he wants Formula One to be more creative uh, with this uh, weekend format. Uh, if they're hosting uh, multiple races at the same circuit, obviously we saw two races at the, uh, the the Red Bull Ring over the past couple of weeks. And then we're going to Silverstone in a couple of weeks for the uh, the British Grand Prix. And then the week after the 70th anniversary uh, Formula One Grand Prix. So um, Lewis just wants to see things, uh, you know, uh, just be a little bit more creative. I mean, they looked at some things and uh, they, they ultimately what they decided was that they didn't want to get uh, too too gimmicky. And uh, I, I'm not really up for that uh, either. But uh, certainly I like, um, you know, what Lewis has uh, to, uh, to say that, uh, you know, think a little bit out the box, be a little bit more creative and see what uh, they can do for it. Anyways, uh, Lewis did have to say the following quote. I definitely think we should be trying to be uh, more creative, maybe, but I don't know what that is. 
is. I don't uh, I don't have the answers for it, but uh, just shifting a tire is not going to make any difference. Literally no difference for us. It's a question of format. If you're going back to back, it's a shame we can't have a, we can't reverse the circuit and go the other way. But obviously that was never in the game plan when designing these circuits. End quote. So. I know it, it it would be nice to see uh things a little bit uh, different it would be uh it would be cool to see if they could run them backwards obviously like uh, Lewis said they were never designed to be that way so there's uh, there's obviously uh safety issues there but I don't know maybe they could do something I don't really have any answers either and ultimately I think that uh, as long as we can get these races run then any anything else on top of them is is, is a bonus I, I just think that the longer that uh, that they have uh, races at the same venue it could just be a little bit uh, repetitive certainly last week of the Styrian Grand Prix wasn't quite as uh, eventful as the week before uh, for the uh, the opening round certainly reliability was uh, was a lot better and I felt like it uh, was a lot more settled uh, as well so I mean back-to-back races works in the environment uh, that that we're in at the moment uh, but long term uh, you know it, it's it wouldn't be a, a great situation I mean we're, we're living in exceptional times and there are very extreme circumstances and just the fact that they're able to go racing itself is uh, a bit of a minor miracle anyways uh, before we go let's uh, just take a, a quick look at the uh, the, the world championship uh, of course talked about it off the top of the show but just a, a quick uh, refresher in the uh, the driver's uh, side of the world championship Valtteri Bottas currently first leading his uh, teammate Lewis Hamilton uh, by six points uh, Valtteri 43 points compared to 37 for Lewis Hamilton Lando Norris in the McLaren 23 sorry 26 points third in the world championships Charles Leclerc 18 points uh, from his second place at the Austrian Grand Prix and then uh, Sergio Perez rounding out rounding out pardon me the top five with 16 points and then uh, literally nipping at his heels is uh, Max Verstappen with uh, 15 points Points and then, sorry, uh, Carlos Sainz in the second McLaren, 13 points, uh, good enough for seventh. And you have Alex Albon, Gasly, and Lance Stroll rounding out to the top 10 in the Drivers' World Championship. And uh, when you flip over to the Constructors' um, uh, <laughs> World Championship, isn't there's no real surprises here, is there? Uh, so far, you have uh, Mercedes, 80 points. Uh, McLaren, which looks great so far, 39 points from two races. Red Bull, 27 points. Racing Point, 22 points after two races. And the Constructors, and that looks great for them. And then 19 points uh, for Ferrari, all from the first race. A tenth for Seb Vettel and a second uh, for Charles Leclerc. So there you go. So plenty of uh, interesting storylines going into the, 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 the race this weekend. Certainly, it's... Uh, um, great to, to have another race back to back to back and uh, I'm enjoying it anyways that is it for the show this week thank you guys as always for downloading and listening to the the, the, the podcast I uh, really appreciate all the support the, that uh, that you guys give to me each and every week and I uh, really look forward to the, the Grand Prix this weekend as always if you want to get in touch do so on Twitter send me a tweet at ScuderiaF1Pod uh, and then also on the email at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com and that's it that's a wrap enjoy the race talk to you again this time next week bye for now thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast if you want to get the show notes for this episode then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com want to get in touch with us then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com